The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about the marketing value of hosting a conference. Joining us again is Rich Brooks, who is the president of Flight New Media, which is a web design and internet marketing company that helps small businesses and entrepreneurs with search engine optimization, email marketing, blogging, social media, and they build websites that sell. Flight New Media is the company behind the Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference and the Agents of Change podcast. And yesterday, Rich told us about how his company gets value out of putting on the Agents of Change conference. And today, we're going to walk through what goes into promoting and hosting that conference. Okay, here's our interview with Rich Brooks, president of Flight New Media. Rich, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Great to be here. Thanks so much again. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about the value that your company derives out of putting on an event. And for anybody that didn't hear that podcast, we walked through the high-level math of how many man hours go into a podcast, what are your hard costs, your location, your food, how many people are you having to show. And essentially, for you, you're hosting between a 400 to 500-person event. And you're really hoping to break even and you're getting all of the value and the profit out of the lead generation and the conversion rate impact that being the host of the event, the inferred credibility helps you with your agency. So now that we've talked through that math of why and who should be putting on events, talk to me about what goes into the event. How are you thinking about monetization? How are you thinking about finding your guests and who are you inviting? Just walk me through the high level of like what goes into hosting an event like the Agents of Change Conference. Sure. And of course, I want to just reiterate that I don't have an event planning background. Like this is just something that kind of evolved out of my day-to-day business. So I don't know if what I'm doing is best practices, but they're best practices for me. And I know a lot of other entrepreneurs and business owners can benefit from kind of following this path. So what I've discovered over the years is for a successful event, you should really be considering three different things, what I call the three S's, speakers, sponsors, and seats. I'll just start with talking about speakers. You know, obviously you're putting on an event. If you're starting small, 12 people around a conference room or something like that, you probably don't need any other speakers. But if you're thinking of doing something that's even half a day or a full day, you might not want to be on stage the entire time. So then it comes down to finding speakers. 
And when I first started off, Ben, it was literally just my friends. It was the people who I had become friends with from speaking at blog world and social media marketing world and, and some of these other things. I just started to ask them if they'd want to come to Maine, which of course they said yes, because vacation land and come and speak with me. So they were really happy to. Now that we've been doing this for eight years, I get requests all the time. These days, I'm getting like one every day that says, who's in charge of hiring your keynote speakers for Agents of Change? So I don't have to look anymore. They're actually coming to me. So talk to me about that. You know, What do you think makes a good speaker? How do you figure out who's right? And what's the relationship like between the event host and the speakers? I would say, even though I've definitely broadened from people I'm just friends with, that still I have a personal connection with at least 75% of the people who are speaking. Also, I don't know if I learned this trick from Mike Stelzner or not, but I definitely follow in his footsteps. Everybody who speaks first came on the podcast. So I've got the Agents of Change podcast. And if you want to get up on stage, you first have to come on the podcast. And for me, it's kind of like a vetting process, round one of American Idol or something like that, if you will. So that gives me a sense of, do I like their personality? Does it kind of jive with what I want? I mean, at the end of the day, one of the reasons I created Agents of Change is because I wanted to put on a conference the kind that I wanted to go to. So it's like, is this the kind of speaker that I'd be interested in? And as we mentioned, I live up in Portland, Maine. And one of the things that I've noticed about Mainers is they're not too drawn to specific brand names when it comes to speakers. Like I bring in some big names and a lot of people have never heard of these people. It's just not in their wheelhouse. This is not what they think about. I brought in Jay Bear a couple of years ago and most of the people in the audience had never heard of him. As soon as he was done, they're all like, please bring him back next year as well. But the bottom line is like, there just isn't that name recognition. So when I'm putting together my event, I look at the empty sheet and I start thinking about what topics do we need to cover? We always are going to have something on SEO. We always want to have something on email marketing, on mobile marketing, on certain social platforms. But then there's always got to be something new too. This year, we've got something on chatbots. We've got another session on how to use Alexa as a marketing tool. So it's got to be that mix. And then once I know the kind of topics I want to have covered, then I start trying to find out who's the expert in this field or who have I already interviewed who would be a good fit for this particular slot. Okay, so you're coming at this from a topic perspective first, more than a brand name recognition for your speaker series. When you're reaching out to speakers or vice versa, when they are trying to find you, are those compensated relationships? Are they people that are local that are just swinging by? I'm imagining that you're getting speakers from all around. What's the dynamic and how do people decide whether it's worth them investing time, budget, capital into being a speaker? It's so funny. It's like the Wild West, especially in social media where speakers tend not to get paid. So we have a policy that we don't pay our speakers, but depending on who they are, where they're coming from and what they're doing in compensation, we will certainly put them up in a nice hotel for a couple days. We have a speaker's dinner and it's Maine. So of course I take everybody out for lobster. Nice. You know, Maine is its own entity. So I, I put together a really nice gift bag with a whole bunch of local Maine artifacts and treats and people love it, but they're not getting paid for this. And I've had people say, look at Rich, I can't do it if you're not paying me or at least covering my expenses. I say, I totally get it because, you know, I like getting paid when I speak. Sometimes I'll go to an event and not get paid. Sometimes I'll go and just get my expenses covered. And other times it's a nice payday. So I understand that if this is how you make money, speaking at the agents of change may not be a good fit for you. 
But on the other hand, if you're looking to connect with some of your fans in a different part of the country, or if you're looking to still establish yourself, and we do extra things like all the photos we take of you and even the video we take of you, you can have and you can use it for your marketing. So there's usually some extra benefits for people who come out, even though we may not be able to put some hard cash in their pockets. When you're talking to other brands about being at their conference or being a speaker, how does the conversation go where you are asking whether you will be compensated, whether your expenses will be covered, or if being a speaker is on your dime? How does that go? <laughs> that could be a whole nother conversation. But in short, it's when somebody reaches out to me and I don't know who they are, we have a conversation, they tell me what they're looking for, and then I try and paint a picture for them about what I can offer that's not just about the speech. And usually this is when it's an industry-specific thing as opposed to another digital marketing or social media conference. But when it's an industry thing, like the American Society of Tap Dancers or Doctors or whatever it may be, I will often say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in. First, I'm going to interview like two or three of your audience members. I'll pull that into the presentation. I'll tailor it for you. Very often, they think they know what they want for a presentation, but I'll usually help them understand exactly what their people are looking for. I'll say that I can stick around for an extra day to answer questions. I can do a breakout session. And then I say, so what's your budget for a speaker? Now, I have my own budget in mind in terms of what I need to make above and beyond travel, because when I'm out of the office, nobody's selling but me. So, you know, I have to recognize the difference there. But I also recognize that if I get in front of 25, 50, 100, 500 potential customers, especially at an industry trade show where marketing is not their thing. And so if somebody comes in and starts explaining SEO to them, they're like, oh, my God, I've got to hire you. I know that I'm going to come away with some really good leads from a presentation like that. So sometimes, you know, I'll lower my price. My dad speaks. He's been speaking for years. He speaks 300 days out of the year and he has a set price, but especially if it's a school system or if he's going to already be in the area, he comes down on price. And like he says, then you'll look like a hero, but you should always know what you're worth. Without asking specifically what you value your speaking engagements for, give me a sense of the range of what you think is reasonable for people that are credible speakers. You know, is this a $100 to $500 a day or is it a $1,000 to $10,000 a day? I think it's probably more in the second category. I used to just do speaking gigs and even sometimes for another company and they paid me like $800 plus travel. And at the time I'm like, this is sweet. I get $800 and you're going to fly me to Vegas and back. And then realized I was out of the office for like three days. And what is $800 when you think about that's 24 billable hours that I didn't work. But at the same time, you need to establish yourself. So I think it's a matter of what can you bring to the table? One of the things that's definitely helped me out is having written a book. So sitting down and writing a book, suddenly your published author, Rich Brooks or Benjamin Shapiro. So that makes a big difference as well. And then also it's about what is the value that you are providing? What is the value that they're getting? If they've got 800 people in the room and these people pay a hefty membership fee and they're expecting a really good speaker on something they usually don't get, then you're providing a lot of value times 800. So I try and get a sense of how many people are going to be in the room. Am I going to be competing with somebody else or do I get everybody in one room? And those are all things that might increase or decrease my price. And I'm not at that level. But when you start talking about people who got onto the New York Times bestseller list, they're easily asking for 25K and up for an hour presentation. They might do a few extra things as well, but that doesn't include travel. So again, it really depends on the level of person that you're looking to bring into your conference. Okay. You mentioned the three S's of putting on a conference. And the first one is finding your speakers. Let's talk about the other two S's. 
Talk to me about finding your sponsors. This is my least favorite part, okay? I love sales and I love talking to people and understanding what their problems are and how I can help them overcome it. But I've always struggled with sponsorship deals. And most of my sponsors have come, again, because of personal relationships. Constant Contact was a longtime supporter of ours because I was doing a lot of good work with some of the people over there. When they got bought out, they got rid of that level and there went my relationship with Constant Contact. I currently have a very good relationship with a local bank, Machaya Savings Bank, and we're doing a lot of amazing things together in and out of Agents of Change. So they're there supporting what I'm doing and because they want to be in front of business owners in Maine. So it makes sense for them to be there. We've had different software people before, like Sharp Spring or an Entreport, and they'll come in sometimes for one year, sometimes for multiple years, and they're looking for different things. So if you're trying to get sponsors for your event, reach out to people who would want to be in front of your audience and then just ask them, like, tell them what it's all about. Hey, listen, I'm bringing in a dozen, five dozen, a hundred people, whatever it is to this room. They're your exact audience. I'd love you to be part of this. And then what would you be looking for to get out of this? Some people, especially after you've established this for a few years, they just want to be associated with the brand. Other people want an exhibitor table. Other people want to be able to speak. So the speaker sponsor deal is a big one. And then still other people are like, unless I get 10 leads out of it, it's a waste of my time. So you mentioned that there's a couple of different flavors of sponsorship deals, right? There's ones where people want brand association, one where people want to be an exhibitor, sort of an advertorial relationship. Are there any other ways that you think of working with sponsors outside of having them be a guest, putting them in your marketing collateral? What are some of the other creative options you can have to work with sponsors? We had a speaker one time, Jay Bear, actually, who the company that put him on, who basically helped us afford this, they wanted an hour of his time. So I negotiated with Jay and Jay was more than happy to come in and basically work with them for an hour on some of their marketing issues. They absolutely love that. And they brought in some of their clients as well to that meeting. Other people, it's like they want brand awareness for some of their products. We've put those in the bags that we give to all of our attendees. Like I said, some people want to speak. Other people, they don't have money to invest in this. But as we discussed in the previous episode, barter is powerful. So, you know, they'll give you some product that doesn't cost them much and you give them some tickets or something like that that doesn't cost you much. And the other thing is we work with a lot of local traditional media companies. So we'll give them tickets and or sponsorships and or an exhibitor table and they give us free print ads. Or in fact, one year I was working with a local TV station and they recorded 15 second commercials with me talking about the agents of change that then they put at some of their prime hours. I mean, it was amazing. People from all over the state saw me speaking about agents of change on on the local NBC affiliates. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So let's talk about the the third S, which is the seats, you know, the people that are you're paying customers and are there to consume content. How do you think about getting butts in seats? That's obviously nothing works. I mean, you can have all the speakers and all the sponsors, but if nobody shows up, it's not a party. So this is, again, why I'm telling people who are just getting started, start small. It's better to have a sellout of a small place than have the same number of people in a large place and have it feel empty. Nobody eats at an empty restaurant. There you go. So we start marketing in May and we have at this point now an alumni list that we reach out to and give a couple of days head notice that tickets are going to go on sale because we build in an early bird ticket. But then when we realized how powerful that early bird expiration date is in terms of being able to talk to people about it and getting people motivated, that whole idea of scarcity, we actually increased it. So we have tickets that are at one price from May through June, and then in July they go up, and then in August they go up, and then in September they go up, and then like two days before the conference they go up. So there's always a reason to be talking to people about like, look, go talk to your boss, go cut a check, go steal money from an old lady. It doesn't matter. Like get your tickets now before they go up. So that feeling of scarcity definitely works. We do a lot of promotion on social media and a lot of ads, but that's really a mixed bag. We definitely get sales out of that. But over the years, we've noticed two things. First is email sales. Whenever we send out an email, that's when we sell more tickets. But I will throw in this caveat. Even though there's nothing like the Agents of Change in Maine right now, there are a lot more events going on. Workshops and classrooms taught by individual consultants without a lot of overhead or chambers of commerce or membership organizations that are doing it for free. And that's who we're competing with now. So our email list is not as effective as it used to be. And now we're looking for new ways to get in front of people. And one of the ways it seems to be working is we're doing more free live events locally as a buildup, and then talking about the benefits of going to the Agents of Change Conference. And that's some of the way that we're raising awareness and hopefully closing more of those ticket sales. So it seems like the primary drivers of getting people to attend your conference is first and foremost, having an existing lead list, right? Reaching out to your existing contacts and promoting your show via email. Second, you're talking about, you know, sort of doing net new lead generation, and you're looking in social media. And that's really a question of how well can you target your advertising? And then the third is going out and doing speaking events and getting people that are already attending other conferences or workshops and being able to drive them to your conference. When you think about the blended cost of driving somebody to your conference, how much do you think it costs to fill a seat? I would say on average, we're looking at probably 10 to $20 to fill a seat that then is going to go for anywhere from $179 to $349. And then that's the other possible upsell for us is the pre-conference workshops, each workshop going for either $200 or $250. I don't remember off the top of my head. By the way, if you like a little shot of serotonin, having every single email come in and seeing somebody just bought two tickets and pre-conference workshops for $1,000 
right after you start sending out those emails, that is an amazingly positive feeling. It's a drug. <laughs> yeah, unless it's only one person. Right, and then you're like, what happened to all the others? So there's a question here that I have about targeting, where you know, selling the seats is obviously important, right? You need to pay for the conference, but the real game here is to get people that are going to be prospective clients because all of the value for you putting on your conference is getting them to be a customer of your agency. So how do you think about targeting and how do you think about creating the right sort of network of people to attend the conference, not just actually getting a butt in a seat? Right. Although we have clients from all over the country and the podcast actually is really good at getting clients from away, I've noticed that the longer I live here in Maine, I moved here in 99, the higher percentage of Maine-based clients we have which is fine because the conference itself primarily draws from Maine. Probably 75% of the people are, are right here in state. So that certainly helps with some of my targeting. And then it's a matter of, you know, on LinkedIn, uh, I make connections with social media managers and digital marketers and everything like that. And I will literally at some point usually go in with a couple scripts, copy and paste, and that I'll kind of hit people up and say, hey, I noticed You've never been to the Agents of Change conference. Uh, are you interested in learning more kind of a thing? And then, and this is all through Messenger. And I'll literally spend a few hours, you know, for a week going through this and hitting all of my New England contacts who might be a good fit for this conference. Then, of course, there's advertising dollars that we can narrowly target based on job. And this is mostly on Facebook, based on job and based on location. And of course, there's lookalike audiences that we can upload and use as well. So those are some of the ways that we target the right people. And sometimes if there's a big enough target that I really want, I will pick up the phone and I'll say, hey, you've never gone to the conference or you went a few years ago. We've got all these great topics. Just wondering if you and your team might want to go. And uh, listen, if five of you want to go, I'd be happy to give you some of our group rates. So sometimes it is a little bit more time intensive, high touch to get those people in. But again, if I'm looking at this as a lead gen, this is really something that breaks even and all it costs me is a phone call. You mentioned that there's the three S's, right? There's your speakers, your sponsors, and your seats. I'm going to throw in a fourth S. There's the other stuff that goes into this in terms of actually managing the logistics of the days of the event. Last question for you. Just talk to me about what else goes into the operations of running an event. And for people that are interested in putting on their own conference, what do they need to know about you know, herding the cats, getting the cattle into the barn? So it's funny that you say that because there has been a time when I mentioned the three S's and somebody else who puts on events says, I've got two more for you, systems and software. So there's a, definitely some things that we've come to use. Eventbrite, which is the ticketing software we use. It's not everything you've ever wanted to be. And there are times we find ourselves stuck with it, but it is a great platform. We absolutely love it. There's your email service provider. And right now our sponsor is our email service provider, a company called Convey with a K out of Portland. Then there's Google Docs, which we could not live without because so many of us are using that constantly to, you know, I've got scripts for emails that I've written in years past that get tweaked for every year. One of the big things we do is we do outreach to all the membership organizations who might be willing to send out an email on our behalf. So this is a whole thing going on right now where we've got the contacts and the emails and, and what they've done in the past. And so I'm able to now delegate that off. So there's a lot of that. And I'm not an event planner, but I have an amazing project manager here at Flight. And she basically has taken the lead on all the logistics for the conference. So she's the one who's getting the speakers agreements out. So we use a sign now. She's the one talking to the university to make sure everything's done right. 
She's the one talking to the video guys. And we basically use Vimeo to upload all the videos and then we make them private and put them behind an area in WordPress and then give all the attendees a unique username and password so they can go in and access the videos when it's all done. So there's definitely a lot of things that have to happen. And then we document every single year and update those documents. I said I was committed to doing it for three years and we'd see what happens after three years. And here we are coming up on year eight. Well, Rich, I appreciate you walking us through the process of putting on a conference. It sounds like you've built a great property in Agents of Change. Tell everybody about the next Agents of Change conference. If people are you know, going to be in the New England area around Maine or are interested in joining a conference, how can they get a, how can they find it? Absolutely. Knowing your audience and they're all into marketing and stuff like this, this is a great conference for anybody who's looking to uh, learn more about digital marketing. And it does take place in Portland, Maine on September 20th, 2019. And that's the conference date. We do have pre-conference workshops on the 19th. And we're actually for the first time ever running a VIP ticket that includes a full day of workshops, the conference, and then a full day mastermind with me and one of the other keynotes at my house. And we're just going to break down everything we've learned over the past few days and tailor it specifically for the people who attend the mastermind. All that information is available at our website at theagentsofchange.com. And you know what? I'm going to do this for you. If you use the promo code MARTECH, M-A-R-T-E-C-H, will knock $25 off the price of any ticket you buy. And here's one more thing. The conference is in Portland, Maine, but there is a live feed for the event. You can buy a virtual ticket and watch it wherever and whenever you want to. Uh, you can be sitting at home in a yurt, in an igloo, what have you, and just tune in and watch every single session on demand and watch all of the major events happen live. So even if you can't make it to Portland, Maine this September, we'd love to have you as part of the Agents of Change. Well, Rich, I appreciate the kind offer. Everybody parties at Rich's house after the conference. So the weekend after my birthday, September 19th and 20th, 2019. Uh, Rich, thanks for being our guest and for walking us through your views on how to put on a conference. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ben. Of course. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Rich Brooks, the president of Flight New Media, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Rich, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at the Rich Brooks, T-H-E-R-I-C-H-B-R-O-O-K-S, or you can visit his company's website, which is takeflight.com, T-A-K-E-F-L-Y-T-E.com. If you're interested in the Agents of Change conference, go to theagentsofchange.com. And don't forget that Rich is kind enough to offer a $25 discount off your tickets if you use the promo code MARTECH, M-A-R-T-E-C-H. A couple of links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can also reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we just launched a once a week newsletter. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com slash newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.